Broadcasting live across Downpatrick and beyond. You're listening to your local station. This is FM 105. This week's chart in 1983, starting off the show 39 years ago. That song was up from, what, 25 to number 15? ELO and Rock. And roll is king. Welcome along to Down Community Radio. You've tuned in to the Chris Scott Show with me, Chris Scott. I'm with you for the next hour. Thank you for lending me your ears and do stay tuned. Some more music coming up in just a few minutes from that top 40 chart in 1983. This week we're going across to the townland of Ballytrim and we will be talking about, well, here's a bit of a clue. Yes, food. Glorious food. And I can say, Glorious food. This week I am over at Ballytrim Pantry and it's located at 10 Ballytrim Road at Killalay. And I'll be chatting with the lovely Molly Cunningham in the wall garden of Ballytrim House, where she will be telling me all about the business of eating what you can grow and how she has developed her passion into that business, uh, which is set in the lovely countryside outside Killalay. So, in keeping with the country theme and also the top 40 39 years ago, here's number 37, down 11 from 26. In a big country. By big country, of course. Molly Cunningham, coming up after this. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. This evening I have taken across a few fields from where I am in Killalay and we're going out to Ballytrim, the place of the dry ground apparently, that's what that townland means and I'm sitting at Ballytrim House and more specifically in Ballytrim Pantry and I'm speaking to the proprietor Molly Cunningham. Molly, welcome to the programme. Hello, thank you for having me and I'm glad we got a tour around the garden before it started to rain. It's meant to be dry ground, I don't know what's happened now. (laughs) Yeah, you might be able to hear it in the background, we're having in the middle of a bit of a rainstorm. (laughs) Yeah, but you know that's Northern Ireland weather, which for you isn't a bad thing because we're going to talk a little bit about what you do here at Ballytrim and yes, we did get a walk around this wall garden and what... A fabulous place, Molly. Yeah, well, I can't complain because this rain has saved me about half an hour's watering. So do you want crack on? No bother. I'm happy. <laughs> it's grand. Molly, you're, you're a young person, very vibrant. We've been chatting and you are so passionate about Ballytrim Pantry. Tell me a little bit about the place just as an overview, first of all. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I am fourth generation here at Ballytrim, uh, me and my two sisters, and I was bought up at the weekends, weeding, planting, stone picking, (laughs) like you name it, we were doing it. Um, With pig, you know, we always had a lot of animals, we've always had pigs and piglets and chickens and sheep and ponies, you name it. So I've very much always been very into the country and growing things and it's it's just rooted in me, Mm -hmm. pardon the pun. Um, But yes, so basically Ballytrim Pantry, I started about a year and a half ago. Uh, Ballytrim Pantry is my brand where I, every week, I do a seasonal menu. So I do three main meals and a dessert. The three main meals are very much tailored to what we have going in the wall garden. So after our little walk around, I showed you, um, we have some cabbages ready. It is a bit of the hungry gap at the moment, like I said, because we've just come out of the winter. So we've harvested all our winter stuff and we've planted our summer stuff, but it's not quite ready. We have a few months where we're slightly hungry, um, but we are coming a lot. The garden is coming along really, really well. Um, so, uh, like I said, we've got some little beetroot leaves which are ready to be harvested. Our Cavlo Nero is very nearly ready. Our beetroot. Um, we saw a few of the raw courgettes are coming through. So it's a really exciting time of the year because things are starting to appear, and it's 
it's it's great i love seeing it it's, it kind of your hard work pays off and you start to see the produce do you know it's not just green shoots and, and green roots and so on but there are flowers here as well i mean it's beautiful it's, it's something that i never thought i'm going around a vegetable patch tonight what is there to see here but this is this is amazing yeah yeah so my mum um my mum's very much the florist she loves growing flowers of every color every smell you name it she grows it um, and also a lot of the flowers are edible. So we've got borage, we've got marigolds, um, we've got so many edible flowers popping up around the garden. So I will I will pick those and put them on my puddings. Um, and they're also really, really good for pollinating with our bees. So we have beehives here at Ballytrim. So we're very much encouraging bees and pollinating our nectarine trees. You know, we need the bees and the bees need the flowers. So it's it's kind of a round circle, really. Molly... You know, th- this place has been in your family probably for four generations, and I've traced it right back to 1827 when the lorries lived here. The wall garden always was a big feature here, uh, and and some of the sales way back in Victorian times, the wall garden was part of that, obviously part of the property here, and there were fruit growing there. Is there anything that exists from maybe the last hundred years still here, do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in one of our greenhouses, we've got a grapevine, which has been dated back from before any of our family have lived here at Ballytrim. Um, it has been grafted, so we've actually half of it produces red grapes and half of it produces green grapes. The grapes are absolutely divine. They are so sweet. It's insane. Like I, It blows my mind every year that we can actually grow grapes here in Northern Ireland in the greenhouse, but they are divine so much so that we've planted two more vines in this orangery and that will take a few years to establish but it's yeah it's great fun i'm gonna as i was telling someone the other day and they're like you need to start making wine and i was like right that's the next thing wine <laughs> yeah, however no one will be buying it because i'll be drinking it but no that's the next thing <laughs> you, you have, have such uh a positive attitude, can I just say? So, just your own background. Um, this is just your love, isn't it? I mean, you, you, I take it you were born here. Yeah. So I was born actually halfway up the lane. Well, not I wasn't born physically yes. here, but I lived. Whenever I was born, I lived um, halfway up the lane in the little house beside the clock tower. Um, so yeah, I've lived here all my life, really. Um, but a bit about my background. I, from the age of twelve, I've been an entrepreneur. Can I hardly say that word. Um, I have always been kind of wheeling and dealing. At the age of 12, I had a hamster. I thought, yeah, this is quite nice, fun, first pet. And I thought, well, I'm going to get another hamster. I'm going, to, I'm going to breed these hamsters. So I started breeding hamsters. And got a bit excessive. I had about 59 hamsters. I sold these hamster babies to every pet shop around the country. Um, my poor mother, I had her <laughs> driving around the country to sell three hamsters here, four hamsters here, and it was great fun. It was my pocket money. Um, absolutely loved it. So I've always had a bit of a, a passion for... I enjoy making money in really fun ways. <laughs> it's yep, going to be fun. Yep, yep. I don't feel like I have a job. I have been doing this for a year and a half, and like I said, it's, it's my passion. I love growing the vegetables. I love watching them grow. And on top of that, what drives me is I love to eat. I love to cook and I love to eat. So it's very much trial and error. Every weekend I'll be trialing new dishes and if they work, they'll be on the menu and the ones that don't, but my poor family have to eat. So um, nothing goes to waste. <laughs> but, but you just don't jump from hamsters individual plots there's something that's come in between um you know what what background of you then uh, yeah. in, in relation to this um yeah so after the hamsters i finished school um and then i moved i moved up to Coleraine and went to austria university and i studied consumer management and food innovation did that for four years and graduated with a first class honors 
and then moved over to the Cotswolds in England and got a job as an intern in a pretty prestigious organic farm called Dalesford Organic Farm. Um, I started there and basically we rotated on a weekly basis. So one week I was in their market garden, the next was in the bakery, then the patisserie, then the professional kitchens, then the um, creamy, I was making butter and cheeses and you name it, I was making it. And then I was in the cookery school. And after three months, I'd done three weeks in the cookery school and thought, this is this is me, This I like this. And I actually got offered a job in the cookery school. So I then trained under two really prestigious chefs in the cookery school for two years um, to become, I was a tutor there and I used to teach different classes every day and we would have new people in, I would have taught them and then taken them for a tour around the market garden there at Dalesford. Um, so that's always been my way of cooking. I've always cooked with the seasons because if you cook with the seasons, you're then giving your body what it needs then, if that makes sense, because in the winter time, you're, it's cold outside, you need warming carbohydrates, you need your squash, you need your winter brassicas, you need things that will keep you warm. Whereas in the summertime, it's warmer, we, we don't need as many carbohydrates, we need our tomatoes, cucumbers, lettuce, you know. So if you follow the season, you're getting giving your body what it needs. So that's very much how I cook. So um, I'm kind of really looking for, I'm anticipating the, the tomatoes and the aubergines and the cucumbers. I love that time of the year. It's absolutely glorious because the garden is absolutely bursting and that's what I'm now kind of planning my menus for I'm kind of really looking forward to it <laughs> and, and the big words organic of course because I don't I have walked around here and I haven't seen any plant feed that I notice I mean everyone's natural their natural produce yeah so we I basically say we grow using no nasties so we're not certified organic because there's quite a lot of loopholes to jump through, but um, we don't use any chemicals. We You saw a few caterpillars earlier on, a cabbage has been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Basically how we grow is we grow enough to feed us and my customers and the wildlife. So, you know, a few will go to the wildlife and there's a few caterpillars, which on my in my spare time, you will see me picking off the, the cabbages. <laughs> not very happy with them, but you know, there's enough for everybody. So we very much grow in a much more natural way. We are not spraying the ground with loads of nitrates and you name it. It's very much natural. We use our next door neighbours neighbours farmyard manure and that's it. Chatting with Chris on FM one oh five Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. And I'll be back with Molly at Bally Trim Pantry after this next classic track from Mary Clapton. Very appropriate title might I add for tonight's show. Let it grow. <laughs> 105 Down Community Radio, your station, your voice. Now, not only are there plants here, I notice chickens and ducks and pigs and sheep. I mean, it's all here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we're very much, um, we're small holding. So for, we don't have pigs at the moment, but we will be very soon. So we get, we'll get them in probably about August time because... Um, they're really good at eating our excess vegetables or our shop broccolis. You know, we'll they'll have a diet of vegetables. Um, and then what we do is then they will go into my food production. So I'll be using our own organically, in inverted commas, reared pork. It's, it's, it has lay of the land. It runs, it's got a field. They, they, they run around, they have a great time. I feed them, I have too much of a bond with them. And then they go to piggy heaven and they're in my meals. So, you know, I feel it's, it's a, it's I, it's very, it's hundred percent traceable. I know where these pigs have come from. They're happy meat, and that goes into my food. And I believe you can taste it. 
Now, you mentioned one important word earlier there, customers. So how did all this come from, you arriving back from England, the customers? You know, where did it go? It didn't go wrong because it went totally right. I mean, how did you develop things then? Well, it's still you say it went right. There's a lot of pe- there's a lot of pe- I'm like a swan. There's lots of things going on in the background, but um, no. So I moved home at Christmas time, and when I announced I was coming home, my dad said, "Right, we're going to have to make a kitchen for you because you and your mother will tear each other's hair out." And I said, "Yes, correct." So we kind of tore out the old pantry in the house of Ballytrim and kitted it out with a little kitchen. It's very basic, and um, so that is my pantry, hence the name Ballytrim Pantry, and. When I moved home, I was painting the pantry and getting very excited, but I didn't actually know what I was going to do in this space. And then my granny said to me, well, Molly, could you cook a few dishes for me? You know, a few cottage pies or fish pies. And I said, yeah, no bother. So I did that for about a week. I did that once. And I thought, well, if granny wants this, I'm sure other people would like this too. So then word of mouth, I think I... Maybe my mum told a few friends and my granny told a few friends. And from that, people were going, oh, yes, yes. So I started doing a weekly menu. And then it just totally snowballed to the point where I then thought, right, this is working. So let's just keep going. Let's go with the flow. So um, I then created the weekly menu that people order. So the menu comes out every Thursday. The menu comes out on a Thursday and orders close on a Monday night. And then the customers have the opportunity to either come and collect their food from Ballytrim here in Killalay or I deliver within a 10 mile radius on a Friday. So I didn't know how this would work. It's very much everything is trial and error. But I've actually found that the majority of people like to come here and collect their food because it's a, it's a bit of an experience. It's great fun. You'll meet me and I do a lot of talking. Just give yourself plenty of time. And you get to see the garden. You get to see where the veggies are growing. You get to see the chickens. You get to see, you'll probably meet my father as well and he'll talk the ear off you. And it's a great fun night out. And we've got a little lake here behind us. Uh, there's a little walk around there, which I encourage my customers to do with their dogs. And it's just a nice social hub on a Thursday night. There's a buzz, you know. Your menus, I mean, what would be a typical menu? Oh gosh, well this week I've been in the pantry cooking today, so this week's menu I've got, uh, <laughs> this is what happens whenever I'm cooking all day, I actually forget what I've cook- cooked, but let's, let's go from the top. So I've done a mushroom risotto uh, with portini mushrooms um, and charred spring onions on the top. I've done a chicken, I've done a chicken thigh, I get all my meat from, well, the majority of my meat from Alfie Murray and Killalay. I get my pork from Stonebridge and Dairy Boys. It's all very much local meat. I believe if you're going to eat meat, it has to be good meat. Um, the, I've got a chicken dish, it's a herb and lemon chicken thigh dish with Tuscan beans and cabbages from the Polytunnel, the very first cabbages. So made half of that today sort of um and then i'm also doing uh i've done a dishoom lentil dal so like i said it's the hungry gap at the minute not a lot of vegetables in the garden so i'm trying to bulk up with other things so i'm doing a uber lentil dal with roasted aubergines so those are your um i suppose your week to week basics then Can you expand out? And I'm thinking, you know, you mentioned the word gooseberry as we went round earlier, which I used to hate as a kid, uh, and, and lots of other fruit there. there. There must be other things you can do, jelly jams and start expanding into those sort of things. Yeah, well, absolutely. Everything we go in the garden, I will try and use. So, for example, this week I, I do have a lemoncello um, trifle on the menu. So it, I've actually made lemon curd, which is 
bright fluorescent yellow. Um, so I made the lemon curd and then I'm going to do, so it's going to have sponge finger, lemon curd, cream and then layers of our own strawberries. So our strawberries are ready. So they'll be on the menu and they're absolutely divine. But in terms of gooseberries and all the fruit, what I do is I'll harvest them all when they're ready and try and beat the birds to it. And I'll freeze them and then I can have Ballytrim frozen fruits all year round. So that kind of gives me something to work with all year round. So with goose on April Fool's Day, I think it fell on a Friday. I did gooseberry food. You've been fooled. Um, and, you know, just fun things um, with all the vegetables. But one of my favourite dishes to do is it's a wall garden. This is a summer one, but I'll do a, a wall garden ratatouille. I very much it's all in the cooking ratatouille that is boiling away for hours on end to me I'm sorry is is ghastly I you need to I get the pan really really hot I'm getting a bit of color in those vegetables it's all in the color the color equals flavor you never burn anything in the pantry never burn anything color equals flavor so it's a bit crispy that's fine it's okay um and so it's a it's a ratatouille with mozzarella and our own rare breed pork sausages toss through it with a little bread crummy cheese bake and it is it's summer to me i absolutely adore it and another reason why i love it is because everything in that dish bar the mozzarella is from belly trim and i love that it's it's proper food you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you can stand over that obviously absolutely. but you, you i mean your average day molly yeah thursdays is obviously the big day that's when the customers are coming in but all the all the build up to that through the week. I mean, there's so much here to look after. Let's be honest. You know, those rigs probably have to be de-weeded every now and again. I'm sure they do. Uh, you know, how do you plan your day? What do, what's a typical day like with Molly? Well, first, I'm very good at delegating the weeds. I'm very good at delegating. I'll you know have we chat with Dad on the side. Um, well, first, they've got two. Well, I've got one Hungarian visitor. My sister's another one, and they are absolutely nuts. So every morning, big walk with them, which is really good to clear the head and start thinking and depending on what day it is i can either be planning my social media i could be harvesting or planting vegetables i could then so on a tuesday what i do is i will collate all my orders that i've had over the past few days and scale up my dishes so why that's a really good thing is because there's no waste so i know exactly i know i'm cooking 65 portions of my chicken thighs this week which then means i'm ordering in 65 chicken thighs i'm har- i'm harvesting only eight cabbages you know i'm not wasting anything which is a really really good way it's a really good business model because i'm you know if i'm wasting food that's money down the drain so i've got none of that i may make a few extra dishes that's fine that goes into the freezer and i'll sell that at another time but it's very much trying to keep it kind of organized <laughs> so i'll scale up and then i'll be d- tuesday's prep day so that is if you come to my pantry you'll probably see me crying because i'm harv- i'm chopping a lot of lot a lot of onions a lot of onions um garlic you name it i don't smell great after prep day a lot of ginger and garlic smells but you know i i do all that by hand um i'll be peeling vegetables i'll be chopping everything and basically to allow me to have two really efficient cook days on wednesday and thursday any vegetable scraps any peel or anything i will not waste that i will make a stock be that a chicken stock a vegetable stock it's flavor you don't want to waste any of it especially if you've grown those vegetables you know the hard work that goes into it so i don't waste any of that that all any bit of flavor for example the mushroom risotto that i made today 
that stock, it's a vegetarian dish, so that stock was vegetable stock, so that was basically all my carrot, onion, spring onion ends, was simmering it overnight and that, so it's it's flavour, because, yeah, you <laughs> You know, I was I was looking back through old records here, and it was saying maybe in I don't know what eighteen hundred odd, um, the people who lived here got married here, and well, you can see why it just lends itself to that now. This lends itself to a lot of visitors and functions. I think. Well, have you have you held anything you know up to now and plans for the future? You know, what 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 can you do there? Well, firstly, I have opened my big mouth, and my big sister's getting married this summer. She's getting married here. And I opened my mouth and said I would do the cooking. <laughs> yes, so I did the cooking for that, so that would be great fun. In a bridesmaid's dress? Yes, in a bridesmaid's dress. <laughs> Should be interesting, but that's all right. That's something to worry about another day. Um, but yes, for the month of May, what I did was um, I had events, so I did a few summer workshops. So I did a Pilates and gin workshop where everybody came, they came into the orangery where we're currently sitting and they all met each other around this lovely table and we all had cake and coffee and lots of crack. Then May and my fabulous Pilates teacher and all the guys walked down to the lake there and they did Pilates for an hour down at the lake and then I picked them up and took them back up here and we had a glass of bubbly in our hands and we walked around the wall garden and I talked them through all the vegetables we had planted and basically told them a few tales of the wall garden and then they came back in here and we had a two-course Ballydrum Pantry lunch. It was a lovely day, it was great fun, you know I love hosting them because it is generally just a lot of fun um, and I've done craft workshops as well so I had a lino cut printing workshop and I've had a linen printing with flowers workshop and you name it we've done it and it's great fun um, but moving on, moving forward from those I am now hoping to start doing a few more private events, so maybe private birthday parties. Um, so this space holds comfortably 15 people. So you know it's nice for a bespoke birthday party or even just a group of ladies wanting to come for a day out. I've had, I've got a few bookings already in the diary, uh, which is fabulous. I haven't even promoted that yet, but um, I'm gonna start doing private events so you can come and you can do Pilates if you'd like with your friends or you can just come for lunch and are we jolly? <laughs> You know, would you have ever seen yourself five years ago sitting here doing this? Um, I always knew I wanted to work for myself because I'm quite strong-minded and don't like being told what to do. Yes, ask my mother and father if they'd agree with that. Um, yes, always wanted to work for myself, but I never quite knew what. It had to be food because food is my passion and I'm quite good at it, I think. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it's evolved and I am very fortunate to have mum and dad who are you know, very much encouragers and all for it. And Dad doesn't need any excuse to plant more vegetables. He is on it. Um, so it's really nice to get all the family involved. My grandparents are all still very good at giving me their advice, whether I want to hear it or not. Uh, that might be product feedback or anything. You name it, I get it. So, no, it's it's very much a family affair, per yeah. se. Yeah. I mean, well, well, can you see a stage where it gets to a point we can't really expand here well maybe you can but you lots of, there's lots of land here but you know will it get to a point where you have to go actually i can only do so much or you know or is the sky the limit well a bit of both because i only have two hands um i there are plans to maybe expand slightly which is quite exciting but it's it's trying to keep it to i'm very much I personally think the reason why Valley Trim Pantry is a success is because it's so personable, it's an experience, and I don't want that to ever be lost. 
Um, so it's just trying to be careful where you can expand, but to a point where people still get the full experience of, you know, before they've even eaten the food, they have an experience there in the back of their mind. Um, so it's it's very much trying to work with that and also just keeping it to a level where it's enjoyable because like I said earlier I don't have a job I don't feel like I have a job I enjoy this so much it's my it's my life so it's very much keeping it to a level where it is enjoyable and even with my weekly menu I've had to cut gonna be like right 80 portions is my maximum for certain dishes so you know like I've had to say I'm really sorry but that's actually fully ordered this week so you know it is very much the food is it's, it's popular and it's just trying to keep it to a level where it's still very much doable because I am a control freak and <laughs> I did all myself so it's very much um, trying to keep it to a level which I can still maintain and have good quality food going out. So just to recap then uh, for anyone who's a p- potential new customer then is it just a matter of going on to Facebook having a look see what's there do you have official menus and websites how, do, how does that work? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram, and I also have a website, uh, com, and my menu is on Instagram, Facebook, and my website, and you can order through my website. Um, the orders open on a Thursday morning and close on a Monday night, um, or you can also email me your order as well, so it's, you can email order or order online. That's brilliant. Now, we, we talked about organic, and I'm just following on from how the process works. We've talked about organic. I I know we've recorded this pre-summer solstice, but you're going to have a night here as well, I believe. You're very much a lady of the earth. Am I, would that be right in saying? <laughs> lady of the earth. Um, I enjoy nature. Nature is very much, you know, I enjoy walking the dogs. We're right down beside Strangford Lock. I go swimming in the sea quite a lot. I absolutely love it. Um I, yeah, I love it. I love the country feeling. I love the space and I love my pets. So, you know, we need the space for running them. Um, but yeah, it's it's just my life. It's a way of life. It's very much my choice to kind of be weeding at weekends. You know, it's not somebody my age. I'm going, dear God, what is that girl doing? But it's what I enjoy and it's kind of my life. <laughs> and, and then what I'm getting to, so whenever I place an order, I... Am, am I encouraged to bring my own bowl, or do you have bowls here? We're not—they're not being turned out in microwavable plastic containers or anything like that, Molly. Oh, I see. Um, no, they're not. So basically, what we do is, I you, the portions you can order a single, a double, or a triple portion of the food, and they come in recyclable tins. Um, alternatively, another way of doing it is I have enamel dishes. So these enamel dishes, you buy it's a one-off purchase it's kind of feeds a good it's a good eight portions so you buy the enamel dish once and then i will fill it full of lovely goodies and you'll go away with it and it looks nice on the table i find they work really well for dinner parties you know i have a lot of people buying them for dinner parties and entertaining and then if you ever want to order again with this enamel dish you order say and you say you have an enamel dish and then you come on collection or when i deliver and we swap so you give me the empty one i get the rock the set the bad end of the stick route i'm getting an empty dish you're getting a full dish full of goodies and we reuse them so that's a really i find it really really popular a lot of people have these dishes and we just um yeah we just recycle them and constantly are reusing them and it's a great way of there's no packaging then you know it's no packaging and it looks nice it's nice on the table at a dinner party that's an amazing idea, an amazing concept. Molly, can I just thank you for coming on tonight on, on the show? And uh, 
I'm not sure where you're going from here. I, I, you're a very positive person. I'd just be interesting to see how things develop in the future. Um, so just, just to recap again, how do people get in touch? Um, to get in touch, well, firstly, thank you for having me on the show. Um, to get in touch, you can email me. It's um, ballytrimpantry at gmail.com or go on the website, ballytrimpantry.com and you can, get on you can get in touch via the website or follow me on Instagram or Facebook and you'll see a bit of excitement. You'll see what's going on in the garden. You'll see my poor father uh, working his socks off. You'll see there's a bit of crack always going on on the, on the Instagram page. <laughs> Just before we go, and I mean, we'll, we'll probably raise a glass before we go here, but, you know, your father has very cleverly kept the history of the house alive because the previous owner's name appears somewhere here in the wall garden. Tell us a little bit about that before we go. Yeah, that's right. So um, my father can't sit still, and during lockdown, he converted the end of one of the greenhouses into a little pub. It probably sits about three people comfortably. It's quite cosy. Um, and we've called the pub the McClinton Arms. So the McClintons, McClinton family owned Ballytrim before our family did. So it's a bit of a laugh. And yes, so that's the McClinton Arms. Brilliant. Well, raise a glass around the corner then. And listen, all the best to Ballytrim. Thank you very much for having me. You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio. Wow. A big thank you there to Molly Cunningham from Ballytrim Pantry for joining me on tonight's show. Definitely worth checking that one out. For further details on Ballytrim Pantry, go to www.ballytrimpantry.com. It's based at 10 Ballytrim Road at Killalay, and also check out Molly's Facebook page, Ballytrim Pantry. I would think any young person listening to the conversation with Molly tonight who has any inkling of going into business may have well been inspired by that young lady. That sets the scene for this next song. Chicago, released 1984, and you're the inspiration. On 105FM, and around the world, online, this is FM 105, your local station, live from the heart of Downpatrick. Two in a row, coming up from this week's Top 40 chart, 1983, number three, up one from number four, it was Flashdance and What a Feeling, Aaron Cara, followed by the number two, Police and Every Breath You Take. Here on FM 105, Down Community Radio, with me, Chris Scott, your station, your voice. You're listening to your local station. This is FM 105. And that's us almost at the end of the show tonight again. Where does time go? Hope you have enjoyed it. A big thank you again to Molly Cunningham from Ballytrim Pantry in Killalay for joining me. And I wish her all the best in her future ventures. For more information, check out her Facebook site, Ballytrim Pantry. Well, next week I'll be staying in the Killalay area and I'll be joined on the programme by a new author, Zara McCormick, who has just recently published her first novel titled A Stitch Up, which is described as a narish mafia romance. Hmm, that'll be interesting. Zara will be uh, telling me all about how she started and some aspects of her life. Looking forward very much to speaking with Zara. I'm leaving you tonight with the number one chart single this week in 1983. It was Rod Stewart and BBG. And so thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned in to FM 105 Down Community Radio and stay safe until next week. Good night, folks.